welcome to That Canadian Podcast. I'm That Canadian and your host, Sam. Thanks for joining me. This is Movie Monday, and with me today is my special guest and husband, Andrew. Hello! (laughs) If you didn't know, we have a YouTube channel called The ASMR Show, which is otherwise known as the Andrew and Sam Movie Review Show. Before we jump into it today, uh, I just wanted to note that we do record at home. We have a cat and two dogs, so when you hear random meowing or background noises, it's either our dog's chewing their bones or the cat just going crazy because he's hungry. Uh, so the movie we're watching... <laughs> he's always hungry. <laughs> oh, he's always wanting snacks. Uh, the movie we are reviewing today is called Murder Mystery, and just so you know, fair warning, there will be spoilers in this podcast. If you're looking for a spoiler-free review, please check out our YouTube channel first, then watch the movie, then come back here and listen, and then we can talk about it. You can see what we think. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Cool. So, the movie stars Adam Sandler, who plays Nick Spitz. He's a uh, police officer for the NYPD. Mm-hmm. I believe he's a sergeant. Yes. Yes, he's a sergeant. Uh, and then co-starring beside him is Audrey Spitz, his wife. Played by... Played by Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, Audrey Spitz. <laughs> Audrey Spitz. Um, and then Luke Evans plays Charles Cavendish. Andrew, let's talk about the plot. All right. So basically in this film, uh, a couple has been married for 15 years, so Audrey and and Nick Spitz. They're kind of in a rut, and they're trying to rekindle the romance. So um, Nick purchases a European trip for Audrey that she's been actually asking for since they first got married. And uh, It was supposed to be their honeymoon, I think. It was supposed to be their honeymoon. Yeah, it was supposed to be their honeymoon, and he finally pulled the trigger on it (laughs) and uh, surprised her with it. So... They went on this trip, and uh, or sorry, they're on their way on this trip, and on the plane, they run into Charles Cavendish, uh, again, played by Luke Evans, and he invites them on a private yacht, and... Chaos ensues. Chaos ensues. Oh, it goes down. (laughs) (laughs) So I think a couple things to note is that uh, in the beginning, when we're introduced to Audrey, uh, she's she's actually a hairstylist. So she's at her salon. She's doing hair for one of her clients. And she and the girls are talking. And they're talking about how Audrey is so tired of waiting for this honeymoon that Nick has been promising her for years. Mm -hmm. And... um, Nick comes off as a, what's the nicest way to put this, penny pincher. Yes. Maybe that's not the best way to say it, but he, he's definitely very frugal. He doesn't want to spend a lot of money. For example, there's a scene uh, in the beginning where Audrey asks him to pick up um, Claritin. Claritin. Yes. And so he's at this pharmacy, he's looking for a card for her. And he picks up this little card, and he's looking for a gift. And he grabs her an Amazon gift card for a 15-year yeah. anniversary. And he goes for the $50 one. There's like the 10, 50, and 100. And he's like, yeah, 50. Well, he was going to go for the 100. And then he's like, oh, no, I'll go for 50. Yeah. And then he takes the 50. So he's, I mean, $50 is a nice gift, you know, for a birthday or something. But yeah, not for, a 15-year yeah. anniversary present. I, I'm pretty sure if you if you Google it, that the 15-year wedding anniversary actually says Amazon. Oh, it does. You know yeah. what? You're right. Yeah. He's just 
he's doing what he's supposed to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what I have to look forward to. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, every year. In 13 years' time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when he's at this pharmacy, uh, Audrey messages him and says, hey, can you pick me up some Claritin? So he's looking at the shelf. There's Claritin, which is like fourteen ninety nine, And then there's Allegra, which is... Uh, 13, let's say 49 or or something. It was like less than a dollar difference. Yeah. And he goes for the cheaper option, which, so this movie kind of sidetracked here, but this movie, when you first watch it, it's going to be, um, obviously it's just, you're just going to sit there and watch it. But then the second time you watched it, um, well, the second time we watched it anyway, we noticed that during the whole movie, right from the very beginning, they're dropping all these hints as to who the, the killer really is and what actually happens. So what I found is that they had these little Easter eggs everywhere, um, but you just don't notice until you're actually watching it a second time. Yeah, you got to watch it like a two, even three times to actually find those things yeah and i found it really clever actually the way that they just kind of put everything in there because it does not seem obvious at all yeah like it's so subtle when they were on the plane a good example is um where she was they were sitting in their chair Mm -hmm. on the plane and um she was reading this novel and was it on the plane yep yes it was on the plane I know exactly what you're talking about. I have the worst memory. So uh, they were sitting on... Yes, Gary, thank you. Um, His name is Gary. You'll hear him a lot. Um, They were sitting on the plane. She was reading her book. And the husband looked over at her. And Nick was like, you know, it was the butler. The butler did it. Which is, I mean, true for any murder mystery novel. Um, what, What I enjoyed, though, is... So Nick is the police officer. And he's a sergeant who's trying to become a detective. We'll talk about that, how that's an issue in a second. Yep. Um, so he's a sergeant trying to become a detective. He's failed a few times. Um, he lies to his wife, pretending that he's already a detective. And um, what I like about the movie is that, you know, she's a hairstylist, yes, but because of these novels she's kind of the one who puts most of everything together and figures out most of of the clues Mm -hmm. whereas he's just kind of you know he's kind of goofy he kind of puts them together but for like the first 20 minutes of the movie he's more concerned about eating than he is about oh my god like constantly i'm hungry as shit or i'm tired as shit i'm (laughs) this as shit like i kid you not he says i'm blank as shit so much (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy. I'm tired as shit. I'm hungry as shit. It's, yeah. Um, so let's talk about the issue. The So there wasn't a lot of things that we noticed, or mistakes, let's say, that we noticed during this movie, except one pretty big one. Yeah. Um, well, actually, there was two, but I'll, I'll start with this one first. So the, the basis of the movie... So as a lot of you probably know in Adam Sandler movies he at one point in the movie he gets caught in a lie and it's usually a pretty big lie that he gets in trouble for with the his girlfriend or wife or whatever every single movie I never noticed that yeah every single movie that he's in he he lies about one thing and it's big and then that's it like in Grown Ups he lied about um, 
the plane, um, them canceling the tickets to Milan or something like that. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So, oh yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> but like, you know, and then and then his wife gets pissed off with him. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing. He lies about becoming a detective, passing his detective um, course exam. exam. Thank you. And um, which doesn't make any sense if he's already a sergeant because um, in, in the NYPD. A sergeant is actually higher ranking than a detective. So if you're a sergeant, you're not going to take a detective exam because you've already been a detective and you're done that. So essentially, like there's, there's no point in being tested. Yeah, it goes from detective um, three down to detective or like third, first class, second class, third class, or something like that. But there's three things of detective, and oh, then it goes, goes to three, sergeant. Two, one. Yeah, three, yeah. two, one, and then sergeant, and yeah. then lieutenant, captain, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So if he's a sergeant, why that, why is he lying about trying to become a detective? It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. They definitely dropped the ball on that one. I mean, people in New York, if you're listening to this, maybe we're wrong. Maybe once you want to go down in ranks, which I don't know why you'd want to do, but maybe you do. Um, maybe you do have to take your qualifying exam again. But like you said, if you've already passed, then yeah. how could you fail three more times? Yeah, and he's even talking about like, oh... How can you afford, like, or sorry, Jennifer Aniston asks, oh, how can you afford this trip if, if you're not a detective? Like, oh, yes. I, uh, we'll get to that conversation later, but she does ask him that, yeah. Yeah, so he should be able to afford it. I mean, <laughs> like, if you if you got a detective, guaranteed he wouldn't be able to afford it. But then <laughs> promoted know. to sergeant, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, so let's talk about, so they've, they're on the plane, they've, what how, how does how does Audrey Spitz meet Charles Cavendish? Oh, um, so basically she uh, uh, Nick falls asleep and she's just sitting there bored. So she gets up and walks around. She ends up going into the um, first class, first class. Mm-hmm. and um, she sits down. She's just hanging out, and Charles Cavendish notices her and they strike up a conversation and. And, um, yeah, he ends up just inviting her to, to the yacht because yes. she says that she has nothing going on. <laughs> Another thing that I want to touch on about this flight experience. In every Adam Sandler movie that I know of, uh, his wife always makes an appearance one way or another. Yeah. So in this movie, he has her as a flight attendant. Yeah. And so when Jennifer, uh, Audrey goes into the first class cabin, um, she gets caught eventually at when she's talking to Charles and <laughs> Charles is like, Oh no, she's my guest. And the girl's like, I'm sorry, but you know, first class passengers, are the people who are allowed in this cabin, not anybody else. Mm-hmm. While Audrey was being complicit, she was agreeing. She was, you know, she was willing to go back to whatever class she was in before, but then Charles Cavendish was like, oh, no, she's my guest. And she's like, sir, you know, you can't, she can't be here. And he's like, Charles Cavendish. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. So clearly he was a big deal. Yeah. Um, now, we're not going to go into talking scene by scene because if you're listening to the spoiler edition odds are you've seen the movie yeah um so we're just going to talk about like the highlights stuff we thought about noticed whatever yeah um so when they got to the yacht i thought it was hilarious when 
um, they were doing the typical working class thing where um, they're in front of something really nice and they're taking pictures. Like a, oh, yeah. if you're oh at a God. Walmart and you see like a super nice sports car and there's like 30 people around it trying to take selfies. And mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they were doing the same thing with this yacht. I thought that was really funny. Like yeah. I would totally do the same thing. Even how Audrey was talking about... Um Charles Cavendish's ex-girlfriend like oh she's so beautiful and I wonder where she's from like talking at a normal voice level like we're talking now yeah and the girl is like five feet away from her like she's (laughs) talking like she can't hear she's so beautiful she can't hear me saying she's beautiful (laughs) yeah (laughs) like just things like that like it's just it's that's that's very I don't know to me that seems very like they were caught up in the moment and they're like in awe of everything going on with them they just don't know what to do with themselves and they're just uh, it's just I, I thought that was pretty funny I yeah I thought so too because that's such like a typical I mean I would probably do the same thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> um what I really enjoyed is how they introduced the characters I thought it was mm-hmm. like each person when they were introduced got to like exhibit their personality like um what was his name let me see Toby Quince oh geez yeah yeah when he entered he's like oh bringing guests I see or whatever he seems so unbelievably mysterious but it was like I I don't know if it was just his accent or I think he was just really good at pretending to be yeah it was it was crazy (laughs) yeah like I totally thought it was him until that part yeah (laughs) I mean Oh, you mean like where he shoots himself? Yeah, in the head? this is a spoiler. <laughs> this is a spoiler-filled podcast where yeah. he shot himself in the head, or did he? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Intrigue and mystery. Again, we'll get to that later. But yeah. we actually don't even know if he shot himself in the head. Did he? No. Was it proven? Well, they never said it, but yeah. at the end, I mean, we're told who the bad guy is or whatever. So we, it's implied that he didn't do it. Yeah. Because whoever the killers are, killer killers. Um, they killed everybody. Yeah. So I, it, you know, I really liked. Oh, there's another mistake that I that I realized. So there's three at least. So everyone was introduced. They've all kind of found their room. They've gotten uh, to. Get, they've gathered for dinner. What I don't understand. I mean, obviously I understand the reason why they introduced it. But when, um, Char, uh, not Charles, uh, Malcolm Quince came mm-hmm. in, the uncle. Uh, for some reason, they had this family heirloom where it was like this, this sword of some kind. It's like a dagger. The dagger, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they bring it in in this special bl- glass box, and you know the the staff on the boat take off the glass and it's just sitting there in its fancy little holder Mm -hmm. and then he the uncle comes in picks it up and holds it in his hands like he's not holding it like a knife he's holding it with his boat like two of his hands yeah and he's like 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 he's holding a platter yeah. yeah and he's addressing each person and then all of a sudden it's you know it cuts from one person back to him and it's not even in his hands anymore Susie's holding it after yeah. he's he's said that she's going to get his fortune it's not like he's holding it like he's going to oh Andrew you're going to have this and then he hands over the the knife it's yeah. just literally in his hands for no reason obviously they have it in there because that's the murder weapon but yeah but like it, there's no reason like they didn't explain a reason why it's in there in the first place. Exactly. It's just like this random object, like, oh, he's coming, so I'm just going to put this knife in here and 
cool. And then he's going to hold it for five minutes while yeah. he talks to people. It, like, I don't know if it was supposed to be like a um, uh, symbolistic. Uh, it was supposed to be symbolism. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I, I don't even know why it's why the knife is in there. Like it's, they never explain it once. They, it's just appears and that's it. But, like I was kind of like as you were talking about that, it kind of made me think. I wonder if it's supposed to be like, uh, like symbolism. Like the knife is to symbolize his family's fortune and, and whatever. And as he's going around, it's like, oh, are you gonna get it? No. Are you gonna get it? No. Are you gonna get it? No. That's what I thought. Yeah. So that's. I think that's maybe why he hands it to. To Susie, because Susie, yeah, Susie. Susie. But they didn't even show him handing it to her. She was yeah. just holding it all of a sudden. Yeah. And when he handed it to her, like, sorry, when they were walking towards the table where he was going to sign the will, it was so casual. Like, it wasn't, the way he was holding this dagger, it should have been like a special presentation, like a, a, mm-hmm. a better handoff, but... He's just like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first time we watched the movie, I didn't notice. Like, mm. I didn't realize that he's just holding this random knife for no reason. Yeah. It was only when we watched it the second time. Uh, so let me back up, actually. So when they were introducing all these people, it, I don't know about you, but with every introduction of the different people, I, if I didn't know the name of this movie or the whole context of this movie... I would be. I, I would look at it and be like, "This is probably a murder mystery." Yeah. You know, because like the colonel, like he is weird, <laughs> right? Like this, like there's a colonel. There's Colonel Mustard in, in Clue. Yeah, it there's was a colonel very in this. clue-like. Yeah. yeah, and there was like the the actress, the the Maharaja, the the Maharaja, big, I think. Maharaja, yeah, Maharaja. Maharaj. I was not as Maharaja, but whatever. Anyways, that that guy. Vikram. Vikram. And there was the creepy brother, like the the very mysterious brother. Um, well, he wasn't the brother. Oh, no, not he brother. Was the, son. the the son. Sorry, yeah. yeah. And like just all those different people, and it was very very murder mystery esque. Yeah, it was like they literally took the the clue board game and just put it in a movie. Yeah. I mean, I know that's the point, that's the premise, but they did such a good job. Like, yeah. You can walk in at any point not knowing what's on the TV and know exactly what's going on after watching it for a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I really enjoyed or thought was actually pretty funny is when they they saw Malcolm with this dagger in his chest. Oh, how the, yeah. How the colonel just, oh, we should take it out. And then yeah. <laughs> Nick was like, no, don't do it. And he's like, oh, I should put it back. And then he... He puts it back. <laughs> he stabs it and starts juggling it around. So I'm like, oh. what are you doing? <laughs> and then the actors, maybe he has another will. He starts fumbling through his clothes. <laughs> what I really enjoyed, too, is how there was a lot of give and take between the characters. Like, it wasn't... Obviously, Audrey and Nick had more screen time because yeah. they're the main couple. But everybody else, like all the supporting actors, all got an equal like screen time. So they each got to contribute to the storyline, which yeah. I really enjoyed. They each had their like dynamic story arcs, and like there, there wasn't like a this person had a bigger arc than this person or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was all very like, well very, balanced. Well, very well yeah. balanced. Yes, until they died. Yeah, well, then. of course. <laughs> Which I thought was creative, too, like the ways that they died. So, like, when Nick and Audrey were um, 
you know, talking to uh, Sergey, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> after he's told this whole story, they're like, "Oh, let me record it on my phone. Do you remember say it the exact same way or mm-hmm. something?" And then, you know, somebody knocks on the door, and it's like, "Oh, who is it? Like, who? You know?" Yeah. And then, you know, it, it, he gets shot and killed. And then, okay, well, what do they do? How do they get to safety? So then they walk on the balcony, not even a balcony. Yeah, like on the, the, tar- ledge. the, the ledge, yeah. <laughs> and then they see the colonel flossing, and uh, Nick was like, oh, he flosses as angry as you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know people could floss angry. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I mean, I just thought, like, I thought it was kind of, like, I kind of saw it coming that Sergei was going to die. Well, yeah. I don't, like, uh, obviously he's going to die because it's a murder mystery. Everyone's yeah. dying. But... In that moment, like, because it's so, it was so obvious, I guess, because, like, he tells this whole story about how the colonel, him and the colonel, you know, talked about killing him, and, and he told the colonel how to do it, and it was exactly how it was done, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, that's, okay, he's he's dead, <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Yeah, that was one part that I didn't really like about the movie, just, I mean, it, it, it wasn't honestly a really big deal, it was just... A small detail. Yeah, a small detail that, like, okay, this, he's obviously going to die now. As soon as the doorbell rings, like, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. yeah. Did it, was that a doorbell or a knock? Did Whatever. That, semantics. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked how they, uh, so, like, some of their hints that they dropped were like, okay, like, the butler did it. Yeah, okay, obviously, like, that's going to be a clue. But mm-hmm. what I really liked how, uh, is how Nick was, like, obsessed with this actress. And... It was his obsession with her and the knowledge of her background and the movies she's played that kind of put her into his mind of being mm-hmm. the killer at the end. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he knew the exact movie that she was in that she used that dart blower thing in. Yeah. Dart gun? I don't know. It um, wasn't a gun. It was like a stick. Yeah. The blow, uh, blow dart. Blow dart. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Y'all and like, and the fact that he, she used a different name beforehand, which mm-hmm. translates to Butler. Butler. And I he thought was that right. was smart. Yeah. I thought that was really smart. Um, but what I really thought was very impressive was how Audrey was like set on the lights. Like, who turned off the lights? How did the killer know the lights were going to go out? The only thing I'm disappointed about, which I guess just the fact that the only person who left the room was the actress. What's her name? Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that she was the only person who left the room, it was kind of disappointing that Audrey didn't put two and two together. Like, yeah. You know, but I mean like she wasn't, she, she didn't know the layout of the, of the ship. True. Like, you know, yeah. She and know she that. didn't know that there was two killers. Yeah. Until the very end. I loved, I loved that character, Juan Carlos or whatever his name was. I loved how when he was uh, introduced to Nick and Audrey, she's oh. like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. He's like, yes, hi, hello. <laughs> oh, he's a race car driver? That must be really fun. Yes, very, very fast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> number so, one. Yeah. Number one, yes. You don't speak English, do you? Uh, yes, great. great. Good, good, good race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever but, he said, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, um, but I didn't realize this until the first, uh, the second time watching it. When he, when that Juan Carlos comes in and the Maharaj uh, Vikram is talking to him, he's talking to him in English and that guy completely understands him. I don't know. I think it's possible to know English, but not be able to speak or like know one language. 
to hear it, but not to speak it very well, possibly. Maybe. But, I mean, if, if he knew the language, like, if he knew it to hear it, he yeah. would know what she was saying and be like... He would have been like, yes, exactly, or not spoken, but he wouldn't have been like, yes, very fast, yes, when she's yeah. saying, you know, nice to meet you. Yeah, like, exactly. I guess so. So I think that was... I don't know if that was... They didn't mean to do that, or if it was... They meant to do it, and it's like a flaw in him, like another Easter egg sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, also, when they're on the boat, I love how... Uh, Adam Sandler, he uh, references being on Eric Lamonsoff's boat. Yes. To you, go fishing. You talk about that. Go so, nuts with that. So essentially, Eric Lamonsoff, if you don't know, is uh, Kevin James's character in Grown Ups. And um, in a lot of the movies, he, um, a lot of Adam Sandler movies, he references uh, a Lamonsoff of some kind. Yeah. Not necessarily Eric Lamonsoff, just Lamonsoff. And uh, so... But in this, he was actually, it's Very said specific. that he was actually referencing Kevin James's character. So once Malcolm's murdered, um, they call um, Interpol, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, whatever police agency they call, they contact them. And then as they're waiting for the police to arrive, you know, everybody kind of goes into their room. The captain locks the, the room so that way... Um, you know, the, the crime scene is preserved as much as they can, considering mm-hmm. the body had a dagger put into it twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once Malcolm has been murdered, Nick tells the captain of the boat to lock the room so that way the uh, crime scene can be as preserved as possible, considering what's already happened to the body. And um, <laughs> so they're all they all go back to their rooms. Try uh, Nick tells them to keep to themselves and while there, that's when Audrey starts obsessing about the lights. She starts obsessing about who could have done it while Nick is trying to get to sleep because he's tired as shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so while everyone's in their rooms, all of a sudden they hear a gunshot. Mm-hmm. And then everybody runs from their room and they go and see that the uh, son, what's his name? Toby committed suicide. Before we get into anything else, I just want to take a quick moment to talk about today's sponsor. The sponsor of this episode is Hunt a Killer, the company that throws you into an escape room experience with an ongoing murder mystery investigation. It's not only a fun game to play, but it's a feel-good purchase. Part of the proceeds from every box purchased goes directly towards the Cold Case Foundation. Whether it's a game night with friends, a date night with that special someone, or a night to yourself, Hunt a Killer challenges you to decode ciphers, examine clues, and solve puzzles. The game is literally designed for you to play your own way. If Unsolved Mysteries and Clue had a baby, you'd get Hunt a Killer. Each box is referred to as an episode, and this particular storyline, or season, has six episodes. Inside, you'll find all the clues you need to accomplish the goal and eliminate a suspect for each episode. But don't be fooled into thinking that you're done with those clues once you finish an episode. Each clue you receive is essential to the storyline. And while something may not seem important at first, it will most likely be later. Throughout this season, we receive various types of correspondences from a couple of our contacts. And so, after four months of being a loyal fan and lover of this subscription service, I am very happy to announce that I have officially partnered up with Hunt a Killer. You can receive a 20% discount off your first box you purchase if you use the code WEATHERS. That's WEATHERS as in the weather outside but with an S, spelled W-E-A-T-H-E-R-S. 
I will have the link and the discount code listed on my website, thatcanadianpodcast.ca. If you are a fan of true or fictional crime, or you feel like you've missed your calling as a detective, this subscription service is absolutely perfect for you. I've purchased a lot of things in my life that I've later regretted, and Hunt a Killer will never be one of those things. Toby committed suicide, and I'm air-quoting here. Mm -hmm. Now, for anyone who's actually seen the movie, um, I thought it was pretty... Like, I don't know how much time has passed, but... That was a pretty detailed letter. Like, they would have had to have typed pretty quickly to get that put out and shot him and then got away before everybody else came to the room. That's what I was thinking, too. That's what makes me think he actually did commit suicide because he wasn't getting the money and he was cut off and whatever and he had, like, maybe he had nothing going for him or something. But, like, because it's such a small boat and they're all, like, all the rooms are probably down one corridor sort Mm -hmm. of thing they're not scattered all over the place Mm -hmm. so if somebody shot him and then tried to exit the door guaranteed somebody was going to see them yeah or well you know maybe they got out you know of the room far enough so that way when they were there in the hallway it was like oh i could just pretend like i'm going back in the room maybe who knows yeah um so i loved how jennifer um audrey she didn't talk like that. Yeah, she doesn't talk I'm, like that. It I don't just know why I'm funny. talking like that. I just like saying, Audrey. Audrey spits. <laughs> um, so when Audrey was um, in the hallway, they were all waiting for the police to come in and interview them. And then she calls it. She's like, cue the tortured detective. And then he walks in and he blows this smoke ring from his cigar. And he's so... Mysterious. Yes, he's so mysterious, so, like, debonair. Like, he's Mm -hmm. uh, very classy and very... Yeah, I don't know about classy. Well, no, not classy. He seems pretty trashy, actually. (laughs) (laughs) He looked like he just got off a six-week bender. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I chose the wrong words. But he he looks like he's very confident in in his job. Let's just say it that way. It's like he walked in and he knew exactly who the killer was before talking or seeing, seeing anyone. Yeah. Um, so then of course, when he questions everybody, they all say that the only thing that was suspicious was the Americans. Yeah. Even Charles Cavendish, who's the one that invited them. Yeah. Which I don't know why he would say that because like it, he insisted and essentially that they, that they come on, like he just met them on the plane. You know, it's, it doesn't make sense that he was, oh yeah, the Americans did it. Although... They did initially say no. They were going to go on the bus. So maybe he thought, oh, it's strange that, you know, because at that point he had already told Audrey the story of what happened to, of how Malcolm took Charles's girlfriend and Mm -hmm. married her. So maybe he thought that, you know, they just killed him because. I don't, I mean, it's a reach, but it's a possibility. Yeah. So then, of course, the inspector is you know, convinced it's the Americans because whatever. Mm -hmm. But it really, like, if he were really paying attention, why would two Americans want to to kill this random man? Yes, they could have been hired, but they were originally, like, they were asked to go on this yacht by Charles by chance on the plane. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really, 
makes sense. And the inspector said that he did his research and that he, you know, oh, you don't think I would have looked at, uh, looked into your background? Well, then he would have seen that they were scheduled to go on this tour bus. So yeah. it's not like they knew Charles was, I don't know. It was, it's a plot hole, I think. Wow, yeah. there's a lot more mistakes in here than I thought yeah. <laughs> as we talk about it. Um, yeah, I thought that was kind of odd. But what's nice, though, is... I mean, obviously, the movie had to continue on, so Audrey and Nick weren't detained, which allowed the movie to continue. Mm -hmm. They just took their passports. Yeah. So they're trying to hide out in this hotel, and Nick thinks that taking a lamp when going to this mysterious room and they don't know who's in it. Oh, yeah, because they they got the the letter under the door saying, come to room 801 or whatever. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so, you know, they go into the room, they talk to Sergei, Sergei gets killed, they try and escape and go into this random room. I thought it was absolutely hilarious, the, the interaction between Vic and Grace. Yeah. And how they were just hiding under the bed laughing. Like, that is such a good, like, good joke to put in there. Like, that's... Yeah. I mean, yes, it establishes uh, an alibi, so to speak, for the two characters, but... I think that was just really funny. That yeah. was a good touch. That was clever writing. Yeah. And then how, how Adam brings it up afterwards, saying, like, wait, like, t- it's telling Vikram they were under the bed while he he completed too soon. Yes, it yeah. got... He, gave, he got to the finish line too soon. Yes. He won the race <laughs> he by won the a race. landslide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh so they're they're trying to escape this hotel and the killer that's in it and I actually don't remember the transition between the hotel and the next scene but um they're in this cafe Nick is outed for lying this is that point in the movie that plot mm. twist that you were talking about earlier and um of course Nick and Audrey go separate ways and then coincidentally Charles Cavendish is right there to pick her up and take her to Spain no they were Take her to the next location together. But yeah, they get into that argument and then Charles Cavendish is... The hero of sorts. the hero of sorts. So Nick has been following Audrey. She told him, you know, don't follow me because obviously she was upset that her husband's been lying to her for so long. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how long, but we're assuming it's been a while. Um, Regardless, Nick was lying for however long. Um, Audrey gets upset. Uh, she takes off, tells him not to follow. He follows anyway, but that's like a creepy stalker type thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, or, uh, or a concerned husband, you know, whatever. Well, yes, we'll, <laughs> we'll say that, but it was kind of creepy. Like I mean, he was watching her from, from around the corner. Like that was kind of sketch, but, um, anyway, he was following her to make sure she was okay. I guess like a loving husband would do. And that's what I would do. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> So then he sees her get in the car with Cavendish, and um, I don't know how he follows the car, because he's not in it. He does buy the two phones, but mm-hmm. he doesn't, like, they don't, like, he calls his buddy, he says, hey, can you, like, link these two phones so you can track them, but, like, how yeah, did he... Yeah, because he slipped the one phone into Grace's purse outside of the hotel. Grace was walking out and he walks by her and dropped oh, it, dropped the phone in her purse. Yeah. And then, I don't know why, I can't remember why he was following her though. Yeah, because you think he'd follow Audrey. Anyway, so he, they get to the same location. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, yes, because he did say they get to this legal place. Um, Cavendish says that he has to sign some papers, told oh, Audrey to, to wait lawyer. in the car. Talk yeah. to his lawyer. That's it. So then he goes into the building or whatever, and then Audrey's been waiting and waiting and doesn't see him. He's not coming out. So she goes in, and then she's walking through this library, which, by the way, was beautiful, and I loved how it was set up. I'm a book person, love books, can't have enough. I digress. Um, So, you know, she's wandering through this very quiet library, wondering where Cavendish went when she bumps into Nick, who's been following Grace. And um, they're like, oh, what are you doing here? I don't know. What are you doing here? I was following this person. I was following that person. Whatever. You've seen it. You know. Um, (laughs) And I don't know where Cavendish went. Yeah, I I don't think it was ever shown where he went. But uh, I think the next time we see him, he's dead. Yeah, he's at his place, dead. But how did they even know to go to his place? See, now I'm confused. Yeah. I, I don't know. Anyways, they finally get together. They're reunited. They're back on the same team. <laughs> I really thought it was funny how the inspector, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Um, De La, no, I'm not going to try. <laughs> De La um, French name. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so um, he says, oh, I don't care what's, you know, how long it's going to take or what it takes. I'm going to find them. And then the phone rings and they're telling him where exactly they're going. Because mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty funny too. And then when they get there, they have this huge like theory planned out and they walk in the room and boom, Cavendish is dead. Yeah. And I, I, they meant it to be funny when Nick took Cavendish's tux, but that's like... It was weird. Yeah. like he. Oh, and there's also the part before that where they had the, the chase with uh, the Juan Pablo guy. No, that was after. Oh, there was the video um, when, when um, Audrey, not Audrey, um, Su- Susie, the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend. Yeah. When she gets killed and Audrey and Nick are over top of her and someone's recording it, mm-hmm. that's when the... Um, that's The that, inspector the was inspector, there watching that. Yeah, he watched the video and he's like, oh, I'm going to find them. And then that's when they called. They called, yeah. Yeah, so right after that uh, video was t- taken, they get into that chase with the with the killer. The person with the blow dart. Yeah. That's right, I see. So yes, they have this huge chase and then an important part that I skipped over was that Adam threw a plate at... You know, oh, sorry, Nick threw a plate at whoever was blowing these blow darts. Yeah, because they were in, like, this black trench coat and this kabuki mask sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, he smokes the uh, the killer in the head because he can't shoot them at all because he's a terrible shot. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know how you become a sergeant in the NYPD being such a terrible shot. Well, she said he just passed, like, just oh, yeah, barely passed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when they're back at the mansion, they think they have it all figured out, and then Cavendish is dead, and... Um, they, I believe they knew to go to the mansion because they were still tracking Susie's, not Susie, mm. Grace's phone. Yeah. Um, so they're back there. They're trying to like, they're scattering, trying to figure out who it was. I can't remember who was in the room. It was Grace, Nick, Audrey, Juan. Is that, is that it? Everybody else was and dead, right? And Mahar, Maharaj. Oh yes. Vikram. Vikram. Yeah. Vic was in there too. And so they're trying to, like, figure out who it was. And then all of a sudden, an inspector, whatever his name is, comes in. And they're trying to present this idea. 
they're putting pieces together as they're talking, which I thought was clever. I would not be able to think on the spot like that. Yeah. Um, and then they, they come up with this idea. And the fact that they, the writers were so intricate and they had, you know, um, Grace ended up changing her name, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. which roughly translates to butler mm-hmm. in English, which I thought that was pretty clever too. Yeah. And uh, Nick's buddy, the NYPD guy, mm-hmm. I think he's the one that that uh, said that. Oh, yes, he brought up that, uh, like, he looked into it, and he brought up that she um, was the... Uh, the daughter. The daughter, how Malcolm had a daughter, the wife died in pregnancy, um, didn't want the daughter, probably gave her up, mm-hmm. and then, you know, they, they connected all the dots. Um, so I guess the friend did play a role bigger mm-hmm. than what we thought, or what I thought, anyway. <laughs> um so then, okay, so then they, they put it all together. They figure out who the killer is, as far as they know. Uh, they, they go to arrest her, Grace. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're, you know, outside talking, whatever. And then Juan goes into his car. And then I can't remember what it was that made them realize. Do you re- remember what it was? Uh, um, it, was it's, it was something about him speaking English. Because somebody said something to him and, he's, and oh, he responded yes. and they're like, I thought he didn't speak English. Yes, that's right. And then, I don't know how that led them to... No, Vic. It was Vikram. He he said uh, he connected saying it was funny how, like, who turned out the lights. Like, if she was out of the room, mm-hmm. who was in the room that killed Malcolm? Mm-hmm. And the only other person who's still alive, and we, we know it's not Audrey and Nick... The only other person who was alive is Juan. And then they're like, oh, wait, he understood the English that I spoke to him just now. Mm-hmm. And that's when they put it together. He took off out of there like a bat out of hell. Mm-hmm. So then they went to the Ferrari. And, ki- and kidnapped the uh, the inspector. Oh, yeah, because he was walking out. They they realized it was him before he got in the car. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, told you my memory sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. That's definitely what happened. And then, you know, they get to the Ferrari. And this is another thing I liked. They got the woman to do the driving instead of the man. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I I, I, <laughs> I like that they did that. Don't go there. Don't go where I think you're going. What? <laughs> okay, go ahead. We'll see. I'm, I was going to say that I uh, I don't think, like, they, they got the woman to drive, mm-hmm. which was great. Mm-hmm. But I... It's funny how Adam was like, oh, I'm going to drive, I'm going to drive, I'm going to drive. And he gets on the driver's side, forgetting that they're in Italy and mm-hmm. the driver's side is on the opposite side, mm. which I thought that was that was pretty funny. Not just because they're like, okay, Anderson's going to drive, you know? Yeah. Oh, did, yes. But I like how the writers made it so that yes. she drove. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. enjoyed that. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. And then she handled it like a boss. Like, she was doing really good. And in the beginning, he had to tell her, like, oh, when the engine sounds like your sister or whatever, that's when you change gears. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. Um, and then, so, you know, she changes gears, whatever. The chase continues. And then, all of a sudden, they're at this spot. He's holding Buddy hostage. Or, no, he, was he holding Jen hostage at that point? Sorry, Audrey hostage at that point? Yes, because the inspector was knocked out in the car because they, they crashed into the fountain. Oh, inspector before boat. that, before that, there is something that I want to bring up. Okay, go ahead. So Nick, being the cop, he's like, do the pit him, pit him, do the pit <laughs> maneuver, right? 
So she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. That's not the pit maneuver. She's like, he's like, what is it? Or she's like, what is it? And he's like, just, just ram his back end and whatever. So she like just crashes into his back end. Like, that's not the pit maneuver. You got to like hit the back fender and cause him to spin out. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't just do the pit maneuver. It would have been the same outcome, um, whether he was, they did it the way that they actually did it, or they did the pit maneuver. He could have spun out of control and crashed into the fountain, and it would have been the same result. Yeah, and it would have been more accurate. But, I mean, other than that, like, it was it was fine. But, yeah, um, as for after him crashing, he gets out and he has, uh, yeah, he I, I think he did have uh, Audrey. Yes, he didn't have the inspector. The inspector was still knocked out. Yeah. Audrey and Nick came out, and they were like, oh, my God, are they okay? They were looking around, and then Buddy comes out and grabs her, holds her hostage. Yeah, had a knife. Had a knife to her or something like that. Was it a knife? Whatever. He had a weapon he, to her. He had a weapon to her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was, like, all this intense... I'm pretty sure it was a gun. Whatever. Because he was backing up, like... Um, yeah. Nick shot his arm or his leg or something, didn't he? Well, so he had, um, Audrey hostage and Nick shot him, actually hitting him where he, he, he was aiming for his head, but he hit him in like the arm and caused him to drop the weapon and back up and then get smoked by the bus that (laughs) that Audrey and Nick were originally supposed to be on. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was pretty clever. It all came around in full circle. I thought that was pretty good. And the uh, the dad that's on the bus yelling, constantly yelling at his kids. Who were constantly screaming. Yeah, who were constantly screaming. That's actually uh, one of the guys that's uh, that's always in Adam Sandler movies. His name is Alan, uh, Alan Covert. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was one of the producers as well of the, of the movie. But uh, yeah, he's the only one of Adam's friends that was actually in this movie. Wasn't... Speaking of producers, I'm just looking at my notes here. Wasn't Charlize Theron a producer or yeah, director? Yeah, she, she was uh, one of the executive producers of this executive movie. Producer. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. I want to point something out to you guys. When I watch a movie, I just watch it. I'm wrapped up in the story. Uh, the first time I watch it through, I never notice any Easter eggs, ever. Yeah. Nine times out of ten... Even if we watch it a third, a second, a third, a fourth, whatever, how many times, nine times out of ten, it's Andrew who points these Easter eggs out to me, and then I put the dots together. The odd time I'll recognize it, and then I'll I'll bring it up. Mm-hmm. With this movie, I was so stinking proud of myself. The second time we watched it through, you know, the so they've caught... Juan, you know, he's the inspector's okay, he's feeling better. It shows Audrey and Nick at a well, train station. Juan sta- is dead. Well, is he dead? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got smoked by a bus. <laughs> okay, so let me rephrase. Juan is dead. They and have grace. What? They have grace. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. they have grace. That's correct. <laughs> Juan is dead. They have grace. And, you know, they've cut to a different scene. Nick and Audrey are at the train station. The, um, the inspectors saying, you know, you did a really good job. We're sorry this ruined your vacation. We've organized a new one. I'm going to talk to your whoever at the New York Police Department and send in a good recommendation. Nick was like, oh, yeah, the next time you're in New York, let me know and I'll pin a murder or 
something on you. I thought, a kidnapping. I <laughs> yeah. thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> that was funny, yeah. Um, and then, so they get on this train, and the movie, you know, starts to fade out or however. Like, it shows them actually on the train as it's going, and it starts to zoom out. And when it zooms out, I notice the Easter egg saying uh, the train was actually called the Orient Express. And I was like isn't there a mystery, like a murder in the Orient Express? Andrew, right away, he's like, oh, yeah. So we look it up, and guys, I'm so proud of myself. I was right. There is going to be a second movie. I can't remember when it's scheduled for. I know you looked it up. Um, it was actually, the sequel was announced in October 2019, so it's probably coming out. If it's not later this year, it's probably going to be next year. But right. there is a sequel that's, that is coming out. Let me tell you, this doesn't happen a lot for me, so I think I was a little bit more excited than need be when I when we figured. <laughs> yeah, you were pretty excited. Like, oh, they already expressed I doubt I sounded like that. Well, I can't sound like you. I just know what excited sounds like, yeah. and that's what you were. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Um, yeah. So that was pretty much our opinions on the movie. Yeah. Looking I mean, overall, it was it was a great movie. I I mean. It got, on IMDb, it got six stars out of ten. I don't know why. I am, A Rotten Tomatoes score was 43%, yeah. which I think, that, that the, that's garbage. Like <laughs> I find a lot of Adam Sandler movies, whatever whether it's something he's written and directed or just something he's produced, like Happy Madison, I find a lot of his movies get a really bad review. And I really think, you know, there's two movies that stick out for me personally anyway. Uh, one that was a little more rough to watch than the other. So the first I'm thinking of was Billy Madison. And that one, while still funny, it was very early Adam Sandler, I find. I think it was anyway. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah. It was, his comedy was still like, he was just an idiot in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was a it was a funny movie, but very he was funny. definitely an idiot. Like, it was a very different type of humor from what we have, the Adam that we have now. Yeah. And, um, but the Adam we have now, like, a Wedding Singer, Just Go With It, Fifty uh, First Dates, all of those movies I've Blended. seen him in. Blended. <laughs> Blending. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, all of these movies have gotten really bad reviews. The other movie that I'm not crazy about but would still watch again is Jack and Jill. A lot oh, of people hate that movie, the, him included. I hate that movie. I mean, I'm a big Adam Sandler fan, but I don't know what he was thinking with that movie. It's just, it's, it's so bad. Yeah. Like. But he does, like, when I first saw it, and I mean, we can, we can do a review on this later and we can go in depth, but I was, like, Adam Sandler as a woman, not the most attractive but he played a woman pretty well at least in my opinion yeah we're not reviewing that movie because i'm not watching that again <laughs> i'm not sitting through that again well i mean so let's that'll let's... be a single person podcast <laughs> <laughs> that might be on a whatever wednesday if i yeah. ever have one <laughs> um so yeah so there's going to be a sequel which i have mm. no idea especially with covid how it's pushed back everything yeah um hopefully it'll be somewhat soon maybe that they're kind of starting to get things back together or not back together but they're starting to get back to normal get back to normal uh hopefully production companies maybe they'll just have less people on set maybe i don't know um, the whole film will be everything is everyone's in masks <laughs> <laughs> <Imagine>. <laughs> you never know maybe yeah. 
the murder on the Orient Express. COVID breaks out during the movie. Yeah. <laughs> there's quarantine and who knows? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, so, yes, they have this movie coming out. Uh, I don't know what the next Adam Sandler movie is. There's another one he has on Netflix. can't remember what it's called. It's not his typical kind of movie. It's more of a serious movie. Yeah. Um, I can't remember either, but I, I remember like seeing it on Netflix, but yeah. I can't remember what it's called. We'll have to look into that one as well. Yeah. If you guys want. Um, so, I would love it if you could go to www.thatcanadianpodcast.ca there's going to be a section for this episode where you can actually write your comments you can tell us what you thought of the movie you can tell us if there's anything you think we should have talked about anything we missed um Even and any uh movies that you'd like us to review yes we would love to have your suggestions uh, what we're trying to do for our uh, ASMR channel is we're reviewing movies that are already on streaming platforms, so that way you don't have to run out to the movie theater. It's hopefully something that you're already subscribed to. We have Disney+, Plus, we have Amazon Prime, we have Netflix. So if there's anything on those streaming platforms that you would like us to review, please let us know in the comments. We would be happy to oblige. So before we wrap up today's episode, Andrew, is there anything else you'd like to comment on today? Yeah, there's, um, yeah, I actually noticed uh, when the colonel was talking about the French inheritance law with regards to Malcolm Quince's will, uh, he actually explained it completely wrong. Oh, right. That's when they said that uh, he basically explained that they made this law so that way the whoever passed away, the man, he wouldn't will all of his money to the mistress instead of the family. Exactly, right? yeah. Okay. So basically how the law works is um, what I found wasn't overly clear, but I'll tell you what I did find. Um, so it says that the children get a, a certain portion of the inheritance, like there's a certain chunk that's reserved for the children. The rest of it, I'm not entirely sure where that would go, but... So, for instance, if there's one child, they would get 50% of the estate. If there's two children, it's split between 66.6% is split between the two of them. Hmm. So they'd each get 33.3%. And if there's three or more kids, so there could be seven kids, didn't matter. doesn't matter. 75% of the estate is split between those kids. Hmm. If there's no children, then the spouse only gets 25%. Where does the rest go? I don't know. That's the thing. I couldn't find that. Which is weird. That's really strange. And if there's a if there is no will, like in this, the estate is split evenly between the spouse and the children. Wow. So they're freaking out essentially because they're not going to get all the money. And they, they would all they money. would still they, yeah they're not going to get all the money, but they'd still get they'd still get a fair share. I mean, seventy million dollars divided by however yeah, many billion, people. Seventy billion. Oh, that's right. Seventy. So they would still get essentially dollars. thirty-five billion dollars. Wow. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I can't even fathom having like $100,000. I know, right? And I think it's funny that uh, also in in the scene with the uh, uh, first class, and she walks into first class when uh, Audrey walks into first class, there's just like bottles like on tables, like full bottles of alcohol on like counters and trays, like platters of food that, that are like, it's almost like a cake tray. So it ha- it's mm, like the tray yeah. with like a little stand and whatever. Yeah. Just like t- 
tons and tons of food and everything. Nicely decorated. Yeah, nicely decorated everything, as if planes in movies don't hit any turbulence. <laughs> you know? Like, if any turbulence happened at all, all of that would be gone. Yeah, like, I mean, just I've, smashed all I've all the never place. been lucky enough to travel first class, but I would also assume that that is not actually a thing. Yeah. If there's anybody who has traveled first class, could you please go to the website, write in the comments what it actually looks like? Yeah, because please, us humble servants don't know. Yeah, please t- <laughs> tell us what it's like so we can vicariously live through you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe next time you can take us with you. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> other than that, I mean, um, I have some other random facts like release dates and stuff. I don't know if you want to know that or not. Release dates? Release date. <laughs> and uh, filming locations. Well, filming yeah. Dates. Go ahead. Go crazy. Cool. Alright, so uh, the release date was actually June 14th, 2019. They filmed in Montreal, uh, Lake Como, Italy, Monaco, Santa Margarita, uh, Italy, LA, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and Milan. Uh, their budget was $24 million, which I'm assuming went to travel. <laughs> like, Most a likely. lot of it went to travel. Travel, really nice hotels, first yeah. class. <laughs> uh, they filmed from June 14th, 2018 to August 28th, 2018. So their film date, they took them less than, actually, sorry, just over two months. It was uh, essentially two and a half months wow. to film, wow. which isn't bad at all. Considering how long it's taken us to record this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, total runtime, an hour and 37 minutes, um, is directed by Kyle Newichek, produced by Adam Sandler, Alan Covert, James Vanderbilt, who also wrote it, uh, Trip Vincent, James D. Stern, A.J. Dix, and Charlize Theron. <laughs> and uh, something really cool that uh, I thought was pretty neat, it actually set a new Netflix record with the most watches in the first three days of release. So in the first three days, 30,869,863 accounts watched it in the first three days. Yeah. So, I'm pretty sure I was one of those accounts. Probably. <laughs> I had a reminder on my phone to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought all those, uh, all those were kind of neat little things to know about. Um, if you guys have any other little tidbits that you know about the movie or or even on set to, to see it, like, firsthand, shoot us a comment, like, throw a comment down there and let us know. Yeah, maybe you were an extra and you can uh, write a comment about how certain actors were. Maybe they were nice. Maybe they were divas. Mm-hmm. We'd love to know. All right. Well, I guess that's it, eh? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us today. Make sure you tune in on Friday for our Freaky Friday segment. I could talk about ghost stories. I could talk about true crime. Who knows? You'll have to tune in to find out. Thank you so much for joining me today, Andrew, and being a great co-host. Thank you. And on Movie Monday next week, Andrew will be joining us again, where we will be reviewing the movie Trauma Center. Will we like it? Will we not? Who knows? Bruce Willis is in it, so there's potential. (laughs) All right, guys. Again, thank you so much for listening. This has been That Canadian Podcast, and I will catch you in the next episode. (laughs) 